Hello, good morning on this Sunday morning. This is otakada.org. My name is Monday Albert, and this is the School of the Holy Spirit, an Otakada podcast, a series 46 of 52 by 34. The secret of working with God plus how to help people who are under visible influence of any kind of causes. Right, and Otakada count today is uh, 2,220,120. Today is Sunday, July 5th, 2020. Okay, and um, here are some quotes here on working with God. So I repeat again, part 34, the school of the secret of working with God, plus how to help people who are under visible influence of any kind of causes. Before we continue, let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we just want to appreciate you for this morning. Thank you for the privilege of having breath in our lungs. There's so many people that went to bed last night and they've never made it to this day. There's so many people that are in the hospital right now. There's so many people that are, uh, are hopeless and helpless. There's so many people that are asking questions, they can't find answers. But Lord, in you, we have all these answers. In you, we're secure. In you, our confidence is found. In you, we find our significance, our self-worth, and um, our security. We do not take this for granted. It's by your grace and your grace alone, O Lord God Almighty, that you have uh, drawn us to yourself. And Lord, we pray this morning that even as we share this word, we ask, oh God, as many that do not know you, that you will reach out to them wherever they are, even at this time, in the name of Jesus Christ. I ask, oh God, that you will move with your spirit and reach them in the four winds of the earth, oh Lord God, wherever they are in Nepal, in, in Czechoslovakia, in the US, in, in China, in uh, Australia, there's no distance for you in the realm of the Spirit. And I ask, oh God, that let this word go and come back with a testimony that that's accomplished with purpose for which has been sent in the name of Jesus Christ. I ask, oh God Almighty, I come against every, every restraint, every force that wants to restrain this word. I declare that them bow to the Lordship, bow to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. He says, we sit in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. We declare that at the name of Jesus, every knee bows to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I declare that every knee bows to the Word of God, because so your Word is you. I declare that this Word will touch the hearts of, hearts of men, women, children, uh, brothers and sisters, our friends and relatives this day in the name of Jesus Christ, that they will come out like a mighty army, willing to serve and do the work of the Master. We thank you, Lord God Almighty, for a new day and a new dawn that you began this day. I hide myself behind the cross. I ask, O oh God, that you use my voice. I ask, O oh God, that you use this medium to reach your people. These are your people for whom you died for. And Lord, I know that your heart cry is to come into relationship with them by their free will. I ask, O oh God, that you would the Holy Spirit go and convict them of the need to, for the Savior. And I pray for those who are already in the vineyard, that Lord, you give us a heart of humility, a heart of God to know that all that we are and all that we ever be is because of you and you alone in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I decree and declare that this God of mine will not go out void. It shall come back with a testimony that the purpose for which has been sent has been accomplished to the glory and honor of your name. Thank you, Lord, for answer prayer. And Jesus, cover this uh, message, the blood of Jesus Christ, the protective edge of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, this is otakada.org. And uh, it's the School of the Holy Spirit today, um, 46 of 52, part 32, the secret of working with God and how to help people who are under visible influence of any kind of causes. And the quote on working with God is inspiration by me, working with God. It's a one day, a 21 day challenge to anyone who is hungry for God. I said, hungry. I didn't say lukewarm. I didn't say hot or cold. I say hungry 
for God. 21 day challenge. I've prayed this prayer on a consistent basis and God has not failed me ever since. This is it. Lord, I present my spirit, my soul, and my body to you, Lord, totally today, Lord God. Use me for your end time purposes. Make me see what you are seeing. Make me hear what you are hearing. And make me perceive what you are perceiving and move me in a positive, practical direction that escalates your kingdom mandate in my heart, in their hearts, for your people. That brings you all the glory, Lord God. I pray this type of prayers because my Bible says in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 19a, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are blameless toward him. Put yourself in God's searchlight today. Try it. Beginning today, for the next 21 days, minutes with a hunger and experience awesome wonders in working with God as He unbundles answers to questions you have always had and no one else has been able to provide answers. He's waiting for you. And this is Monday, Obojo, Ogwe, Motakade, Motowarji. I come with another quote from Sue. It says, As you walk with Jesus, resting your head on His heart, you will learn to know His word. His will and His ways. You want to obey Him, not out of forced compliance, but out of heartfelt connection. Your joy will abound as you remain in His love. Greg, in walking with God, it's not about knowing the facts, rather, it's about knowing God who knows the facts. Gift, Google, Mona. A walk with God can move mountains, it can make foundation, shake foundations and provide unbelievable solutions. Seek after his face and be great. Israel more. If you walk and talk with God, you will never miss the direction to your divine future. Be bold and offer your heart to be led by God. Christian Delarson. We're here to become great men and women. And with that purpose in view, we must eliminate everything in our religion and philosophy that tends to make the human mind a dependent weakling. If you will serve God and be truly religious, do not kneel before God, but learn to walk with God and do something tangible every day to increase the happiness of mankind. This is religion that is worthwhile and is such religion alone that can please the infinite, the infinite the eternity, the eternity. So let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, Amplified Bible, Classic Edition. These are evidences that we've called from Scripture to buttress the fact that we're putting across today on the need to work with God. There are key verses, and I pray that you pay attention, meditate on this, and reflect on them. It's the most important part of our message today, the Word, direct from the Word. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, Amplified Bible Classic Edition, Jesus says, When you pray, go into your most private room, and closing the door, pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you in the open. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 20, 27, Amplified Bible Classic Edition, and I read, So everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them, obeying them, will be like a sensible, prudent, practical, wise man, who built his house upon the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a stupid, foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great and complete was the fall of it. Revelation chapter 3. Verse 18, Amplified Bible. I counsel you to buy from me gold that has been heated red hot and refined by fire so that you may become truly rich and white clothes representing righteousness to clothe yourself so that the shame of your nakedness will not be seen and healing self to put on your eyes so that you may see. Luke chapter, Luke chapter 21, 24 to 20, 34 to 35, Amplified Bible, Classic Edition. But take heed to yourselves, be on, be on your guard, lest your heart be overborne and depressed, weighed down with the giddiness and headache and nausea of self-indulgence, drunkenness and worldly worries and cares pertaining to the business of this life and 
lest that day come upon you suddenly like a trap or a nose. For it will come upon all who live upon the face of the entire earth. Genesis 5, 21-24 Amplified Bible, Classic Edition When Enoch was 65 years old, Methuselah was born. Enoch walked in habitual, I repeat the word, habitual fellowship with God after the birth of Methuselah. 300 years, had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Mark the word, 365 years. And Enoch walked in habitual fellowship with God and he was not, for God took him home with him. Second Chronicles chapter 16 verse 9 For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are blameless towards him. You have done foolishly in this, therefore, from now on you shall have wars. Job chapter 1 verses 1 to 12 There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, and one who reverently feared God and abstained from and shunned evil because it was rank. And there were born to him seven sons and three daughters. He possessed seven thousand sheep, three thousand camels, five hundred yoke of oxen, five hundred female donkeys, and a very great body of sons, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. His sons used to go and feast in the house of each on his day, birthday in turn, and they invited their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When the days of their feasting were over, Job sent for them to purify and hallow them, and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and caused all this own God in their hearts. Thus did Job at all such times. There was there now there was a day when the sons, the angels of God, came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan, the adversary and accuser, also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where did you come? Then Satan answered the Lord, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who reverently fears God and abstains from and shuns evil because it is wrong? Then Satan answered the Lord, Does Job reverently fear God for nothing? Have you not put a hedge about him and in his house and all that he has on every side. You have conferred prosperity and happiness upon him in the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But put forth your hand now and touch all that he has, and it will cause you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, the adversary of the accuser, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only upon the man himself put not forth your hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Daniel chapter 1, verses 1 to 17, Amplified Bible, Classic Edition. In the third year of the reign of Joachim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Joachim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with a part of the vessels of the house of God. And he carried them into the land of Shinar, Babylonia, to the house of his God, and placed the vessel in the treasure of his God. And the Babylonian king told Ashpenaz, Benaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring in some of the children of Israel, both of the royal family and of nobility, youth without blemish, well favored in appearance and skill in all wisdom, discernment and understanding, apt in learning knowledge, competent to stand and serve in the king's palace, to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. And the king assigned for them a daily portion of his own rich and dainty food and of the wine which he drank. They were to be so educated and so nourished for three years that at the end of that time they might stand before the king. Among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief of the eunuchs gave them names. Daniel he called Belshazzar, the king's attendant. Ananiah he called Shadrach. Mishael he called Meshach, and Azariah he called Abednego. But Daniel determined in his heart that he would not defile himself by eating his portion of the king's rich and dainty food, or by drinking the wine which he drank. Therefore, 
He requested the chief of the eunuchs that he might be allowed not to defile himself. And God made Daniel to find favor, compassion, and loving kindness with the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear lest my lord the king, who has appointed your food and your drink, should see your face worse, looking for, or more sad than the other youths of your age, then you should endanger my head with the king. Then said Daniel to the steward, whom the chief of the eunuch has set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Prove your servant, I beseech you, for ten days, and let us be given a vegetable diet and water to drink. Then let our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat of the king's rich dainties be observed and compared by you. And deal with us, your servant, according to what you see. So the man consented to them in this matter and proved them ten days. And at the end of ten days it was seen that they were looking better and had taken on more flesh than all the youth who ate of the king's rich dainties. So they still took away their rich dainties and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables. As for these four youth, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all kinds of visions and dreams. Let's read John chapter 15, verses 7 to 17. Amplified Bible, Classic Edition. If you live in me, abide virtually, vitally united to me, and my words remain in you, and continue to live in your heart. Ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. When you bear produce much fruit, by my Father is honored and glorified, and you show and prove yourselves to be true followers of mine. I have loved you, just as the Father has loved me. Abide in my love. Continue in his love with me. If you keep my commandments, if you continue to obey my instructions, you will abide in my love and live on it, on in it. I repeat that, verse 10. If you keep my commandments, if you continue to obey my instructions, you will abide in my love and live on in it, just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and live on in his love. I've told you these things, that my joy and delight may be in you, and that your joy and gladness may be your full measure and complete and overflowing. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. No one has greater love, no one has shown stronger affection than to lay down, give up his own life for his friends. You are my friends if you keep on doing the things which I command you to do. I do not call you servants, slaves anymore, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, work it out. But I have called you my friend because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. I have revealed to you everything that I have learned from him. If you have not chosen me, but you have not chosen me, that's verse 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and have appointed you, I have planted you, that you might go and bear fruit and keep on bearing, and, and that your fruit may be lasting, that it may remain abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name as presenting all that I am, he may give it to you. This is what I command you, that you love one another. Finally, First Samuel chapter 13, verse 14, Amplified Bible, Classic Edition. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought out David, a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be prince and ruler over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Dear friends, I welcome you to the series on the School of the Holy Spirit. Today we bring you the School of the Holy Spirit, 46 of 52. Oh, wow. We're getting close to the end. Part 32. The secret of working with God. How to help people who are under visible influence of any kind of causes. Oh, by the way, the titles are not pre-planned. Rely on the Holy Spirit to come up with titles for us. And we come up with the contents. As he be as he leads and directs us. So be blessed by in Jesus' name. At attacker.org, we bring you over two million contents all in one place. For your spirit, your soul, and your body. You can check out the facts in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, Hebrews 4, 12. Let's read First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, amplified by all. 
Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through, let it separate you from profane and vulgar things, make you pure and whole and undamaged, consecrated to him, consecrated to him, set apart for its purpose, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept complete and be found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Together with you, we're building massive spiritual temples in people's heart, in our heart, in your heart, for the Spirit of God to dwell in and operate through with ease in these times and seasons. So stay with us and be with us. You can check this out in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 1 to 17, Leviticus 26, 12, Jeremiah 32, 38, Ezekiel 37, 27, 2 Corinthians 6, 16, 1 John 4, 4. Remember, you are a container. Whoever you accept, him you manifest. If you missed the last two series, so Sunday and Wednesday as follows, you can pull those out from our prayer series on the podcast or on the website. And last Sunday we took 4452, part 32, the secret of developing deeper roots in the passage of God. We took Joseph's true life story in entering God's rest in the storm and how to counsel people with assurance, authority, and attainment issues in the dream of Nigeria. And then uh, on Wednesday, we took weekly motivation and spiritual story for the Marketed School of the Holy Spirit, 45 or 52, part 33. Lessons from Jesus and the school of um, the story of the lost ship, the prodigal son, and discover why our sermons are so boring and unattractive to the lost and what we must do to change the direction of the curve. How to deal, plus how to deal with issues relating to backsliding, bitterness, baptism, and blasphemy in a counseling setting, a dream, plus a dream of an airline coming apart on the tarmac. So you uh, already have the podcast up and running. Uh, the prayer one before this one. Now let's explore the secret of working with God. God is looking for not only a clinking ride, but also a working partner. From the very, very beginning, God had a relationship with Adam and Eve that found them working in the garden in the cool of the day. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 18, God created man for the enjoyment of a working relationship as a work W-A-L-K, relationship that involved companionship, dialogue, intimacy, joint decision-making, mutual delight, and shared dominion. God longs to work with you, which is why His arms of grace have been pulling you into a closer work with Him. Jesus went on these kinds of work with His disciples, and He still likes to work with us this way today. The secret place is not the destination. It is only the catalyst. This design of God to establish us in intimate friendship with Him that is worked out through the course of our everyday lives. The goal after is an everyday work of unbroken communion with our Lord and friend. Enoch was the first man in the Bible who worked with God. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch worked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years and Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. That's Genesis chapter 5 verse 22 to 24. Even though men began to call upon the name of the Lord in early days, Genesis chapter 4 verse 26, Enoch was the first man to uncover the true delight of walking with God. He found something even Adam didn't experience. He pressed into God until he learned how to commune with God through every facet of life. So we can see here, there is a component of the free will here in how deep we can go with God. It's a choice that we make every day to go deeper in God. To find that dimension of relationship certainly requires an intense spiritual pursuit. And then when we find it, the Lord made a graphic statement by catching him up to heaven. By taking up, taking Enoch up to glory. God wasn't trying to get us impressed with Enoch's piety. Nor was God saying, if you get to be as spiritual as Enoch, you will get translated up to heaven too. It was a unique experience God used to exercise a specific point. God's point was, I love to work with men and women, with men and women. Enoch was the first man to truly work with me. So I decided to highlight his example by doing something extraordinary with him. 
I took him up to paradise to underscore how much I value and desire a daily working relationship with my chosen ones. Enoch's example continues to witness to all generations of great zeal God has to work with man. When the zeal of God captures you, it will ignite you with a great passion to work with God and to be his friend. Imagine being Enoch and living 365 years and having this growing relationship with God. One can only wonder what glorious depths of intimacy Enoch uncovered. Perhaps Enoch's heart longed so deeply for more of God that God grew weary of withholding himself. Maybe God's heart was saying, Enoch, you love me with such a pure and sweet passion. I don't want to say no to you anymore. I'm going to answer your prayer and show you my face. Come on up. As you draw close to God, he will not likely take you up to heaven as he did Enoch. However, he does desire to reveal the beauty and the glory of his face to you. As we walk with him, he will open the scriptures to us through the spirit of wisdom and revelation and reveal to us the light of the glory of God that is to be found in him. There was one other aspect of Enoch's ascension that is significant. God waited until Enoch was 365 years old and then he was gone. Since there are 365 days in a year, Enoch's lifespan of 365 years was in itself a message from God. God was basically saying, I want to walk with man 365 days a year. 364 days a year won't do. I want to walk with you today, all day, every day, all year long for the rest of your earthly lifetime. When we work with God, we enter the dimension where God unfolds the secret of his kingdom. I can't unfold here how much I have learned just engaging with him on a daily basis. These are the paths that the Asians walked before us. Noah knew the secret of walking with God in Genesis chapter 6 verse 9 as did Abraham in Genesis 24 40. Through Christ you can explore the glorious riches of knowing God like they did and to even a greater degree because of the Holy Spirit which has been given to us. God wants to walk with us before he walks through us. So I repeat that. God wants to work, W-A-L-K, with us before he works through us. So he will wait to act until he finds the right man or woman through whom he can work. To put it nicely and directly, God works with his friends. He doesn't decide what he wants to do and then start looking for someone to use. He looks for a man or a woman and once he finds him or her, he then decides what he wants to do with them. For example, God didn't choose Noah because he wanted to send a flood. God had the freedom to send a flood because he had found a man to work with. God always starts by finding a friend first. When God has a Noah, he can do a flood. When God has a Joseph, he can give Pharaoh a divine dream. When God has Moses, he can plan a mighty deliverance for his people. When God has an Elijah, he can send fire from heaven. When God has Samuel, he can test Saul's heart. When God has Jesus, he can save the world. Their child of God, learn to walk with God. When God has a friend, divine activity accelerates. Things are fairly regular around Babylon until Daniel showed up. But now that there was a man in Babylon who walked with God, who decided not to eat the food, the, the, the meals prepared for the king, God could accelerate his purposes. All kinds of things started to happen. Nebuchadnezzar began to receive divine dreams. Men were preserved in fairy furnace. Nebuchadnezzar lost his mind for seven years and then was restored. A hand appeared and wrote on a wall. Daniel was delivered from the mouth of the lions, and some of the most detailed revelations of the future events were recorded. All these things could take place because God had a Daniel who walked with him. When God has a useful vessel that has been prepared for noble purposes, he will use that vessel. God will use the one who walks with him. But he's looking especially for three crucial qualities. Humility, faithfulness, and loyalty. Three qualities. Only three. Humility, faithfulness, and loyalty. He wants to work with friends who are loyal to him, no matter what. Even when circumstances will suggest God is unjust, his true friends continue to work with him. So the Lord will test our fidelity. When we prove ourselves as friends through the greatest calamities of life, we qualify as useful vessels. This was an example of a man who walked with God. 
He walked so closely with God that he was always in the Spirit. Here's a secret. The secret place is where we develop a working relationship with God. We must develop a secret history with God before He gives us a public history before people. Hidden in the secret place will learn what He's like for in friends. And we find out what places Him. Our inner chamber within becomes our training ground for a life that is rooted and grounded in love. David is an example. After taking down Goliath, Goliath, he ran from Saul's um, um, presence for years and behind those sins, God prepared him. Jesus told us that he confides his kingdom purposes to his friends in John 15, 15. And you pray with me, Lord, I want to be your friend, your confidant, loyal to the dead. I want to walk with you, talk with you, listen to you, hear your heart, participate in your activities this momentous year, hour. Teach me, Lord, to work with you. And let's explore how to help people who are under visible influence of any kind of causes. What are causes? Causes are powerful forces that operate in the spiritual realm. A cause also sometimes referred to as a jinx, a hex, or as execration. Is any express wish that some sort of adversity or misfortune will befall the person. It can also be a command for evil powers to attach themselves to a certain place or object. Facts about causes. Causes are not primitive superstitions. Causes are mentioned over 200 times in scripture. People in the western world are not as aware of the power of causes as people in nations where witchcraft, Wicca and shamanism are common, but they are strong and spiritual forces that cannot be ignored. Both blessings and causes are visible forces of spiritual power which are transmitted by words. Proverbs 18.21 You can speak positive words of blessing over someone or negative words of causes that cause despair, discouragement, destruction in person's lives. The first instance of blessing and causes found in Genesis. God blessed mankind. Genesis 1.28 In Genesis 3, due to the entrance of sin into the world, the first cause resolves. Causes resolve. Causes are always linked in some way to a violation of God's word, either by the person themselves or by a person who is putting a cause on someone. Causes have causes. Bible says a cause costless shall not come. Proverbs 26.2 Meaning that there is always a root cause behind a cause. Causes can resolve from witchcraft and they are called, of course, but they also arise from having false God, as in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 to 4, Deuteronomy 27, 15, disrespect for parents in Deuteronomy 27, 16, treachery against a neighbor, Deuteronomy 27, 17, committing injustices, Deuteronomy 27, 18 to 19, sexual sins, Deuteronomy 27, 20, 23, Lying, Deuteronomy 27:25, stealing, Zechariah 5, 1-4, robbing God, Malachi 3:9, perverting the gospel, Galatians 1:8-9, depending on the flesh instead of God, Jeremiah 17:5, acts of racial discrimination, the black man, the black lives matter, all of that, Genesis 12:3, Genesis 28:3, and Genesis. Uh, that's 23 and 14. Self-imposed causes. Imagine that. Resolve when you make declarations like, I will never be any good. I am so stupid. God doesn't love me. I hate myself. I will never forgive myself. No one cares. I'm better off dead. You're actually putting a cause on yourself by your own words. We talked about inner vows, which, and we gave examples of how they impacted uh, several lives. And it's still impacting today. Inner vows are vows that we make without even opening our mouths. It's all inside our heart, but it's a vow, it's a vow, it's a vow, and it comes out with impact. Causes imposed by others. Authority figures in your life or my life, your spouse, your parents, they see, include statements such as, you are no good, you are useless, you are stupid, you are a failure, you will never achieve anything, you are ugly. Causes can also be imposed by those engaged in witchcraft from maintaining relationship with those engaged in such satanic uh, uh, practices. Okay. Generational causes are negative spiritual traits passed down from a previous generation. These are sinful spiritual strongholds that have controlled the attitudes and actions of your ancestors. 
In the natural world, it is possible to have a propensity towards certain physical conditions like cancer, heart disease, diabetes, etc., due to heredity. The same is true in the spiritual world. For example, if your ancestors were involved in the occult, you may have a predisposition to dabble in it also, and or you may be affected by it. Chronic sickness can be a generational cause passed down from your ancestors, as well as a tendency to use addictive substances. Children often repeat the sins of their parents. Through your sin, you can erect spiritual strongholds that will be passed on as generational causes to your children and succeeding generations. You can also pass on spiritual blessings just as causes can be passed on to succeeding generations. So can blessings in Deuteronomy 5, 8-10 and Psalms 103-17. Causes can be broken through the blood of Jesus. In Galatians 3.13 confirms that Christ redeemed us from the cause of the law by becoming a cause for us. For it is written, causes everyone who is hung on a tree. Jesus not only redeemed you from sin when he died at Calvary, but he also redeemed you from every cause. How do we deal with causes? Recognize the signs of a cause operating in your life. Your life may seem to get increasingly harder. You may experience constant hardships, frustration, poverty, or be unproductive in your labors. You may live in continual defeat or experience chronic mental, emotional, or physical problems. Barrenness and being accident-prone are also signs of the cause. Recognize that you have the power to choose either blessings or causes. God told Israel, See, I'm setting before you today a blessing and a cause. The blessing if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today. The cause if you disobey the command of the Lord your God and turn from the way that I command you today by following other gods which you have not known. This is Romans 11, 26, 28. You do not have to be a victim of causes. Go to the root cause of the causes. The Bible says, The cause causeless shall not come. In Proverbs 26, 2. Meaning, there is always a root cause behind a cause. Causes can result from witchcraft and the occult, of course, but you can also operate under a cause because of your own words and sins. See the causes of causes in the previous section. Cut the root and you will kill the root, the fruit. Acknowledge your sin. Acknowledge your sin and take personal responsibility for any sinful practice in which you engage. Confess and repent of these sins in Ezekiel 18.20. Freeing yourself from the result of your own sinful behavior is the first step in breaking causes. For example, if you are participating in a cult, the cause may be on you because of your participation. Idolatry opens the door to spiritual causes, as does sexual immorality and deliberate disobedience to God and His Word. Identify generational causes. If you are struggling with issues passed down from your parents, and if your siblings also struggle in these areas, you most likely are living under a generational cause. Break every cause in the name of Jesus. The stronghold is an area in your life where the enemy has established control. It may be a hold he has over your attitudes, behavior, emotions, or your finances. The Bible declares that you have power over the power of the enemy in Luke chapter 10, 19. Claim the power of the blood of Jesus and take authority over Satan in every area of your life. Pray a prayer of deliverance, binding the power of Satan and breaking every cause or generational cause operating in your life. Here's a sample prayer. In the name of Jesus, repeat after me, in the name of Jesus, I confess my sins and I break any cause operating in my life. The strongholds of causes have no hold over my life in the name of Jesus. By the power of his blood, I declare that every cause is broken over my life. I'm no longer in bondage and I declare myself to be free from all causes in Jesus' name. You use your mouth to put yourself in a cause. You use your mouth to deliver by the power in the name of Jesus Christ. Put on the spiritual armor of God. Study Ephesians 6 verses 10 to 21 and the topic of spiritual warfare in this uh, in uh, the Takeda database. The armor of God will protect you against causes. Refuse to engage in cause-causing behavior. Things like rebellion, Negative emotions, witchcraft, the occult, addictive substances, the sexual sins, all can result in spiritual causes in your life. Destroy objects associated with the occult, things associated with idolatry, witchcraft, books, charms, tarot cards, games, etc. Break relationship with people involved in the occult or witchcraft. 
what God's word says of our causes. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, for showing love to a thousand generation of those who love me and keep my commands. Deuteronomy 5, 8-10 See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a cause, the blessing if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today. The cause, if you disobey the commands of the Lord your God and turn from the way that I command you today by following other gods which you have not known. Deuteronomy 11, 26-18 But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear Him and His righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep His commands who remember to obey His precepts. Psalms 107, 17-18 the tongue has a power of life and death, and those who love it will eat it. Proverbs 18.21 The cause costless shall not come. Proverbs 26.2 In those days people will no longer say the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. Instead, everyone will die for his own sin. Whoever eats sour grapes, his own teeth will be set on edge. Jeremiah 2.1.29.30 you show love to thousands but bring the punishment for father's sins into the laps of their children after them. O great and powerful God, whose name is the Lord Almighty, great are your purposes and mighty are your deeds. Your eyes are open to all the ways of men. You reward everyone according to his conduct as his deeds deserve. Jeremiah 32, 18, 19. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. John 8 36. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 2 Corinthians 5 17. Christ redeemed us from the cause of the law by becoming a cause for us. It is written, Cause is everyone who is hung on a tree. Galatians 3 13. So let's look at generational causes. Generational causes is sub on the causes. Uh, spiritual bondages or predisposition for sinful behaviors that have passed down. From one generation to another. Uh, so let's look at the facts and generational causes. Natural heredity is a term used to describe how living organisms produce after their kind. It concerns the presence or absence of certain char- characteristics, physical, emotional, personal traits that are passed biologically from one generation to another. Spiritual heredity refers to spiritual blessings or causes that are passed from one generation to the next. Spiritual heredity, what you receive spiritually from your ancestors, can be either positive or negative in your life. You may have had godly parents who gave you a good spiritual heritage, a good spiritual heritage, or you may have had unsafe parents who were hostile, angry, and addicted, and passed some of these issues onto you. Blessing and cursing are invisible forces of spiritual power which are transmitted by words. In Proverbs 18.21, you can speak positive words of blessing over someone or negative words of causes that cause despair, discouragement, and destruction in a person's life. Generational causes are negative spiritual traits passed down from previous generation. These are sinful spiritual strongholds that, are, that have controlled the attitudes and actions of your ancestors. In the natural world, it is possible to have a propensity towards certain physical conditions, cancer, heart disease, diabetes, etc. Okay, and then you can initiate and pass on causes to following generation through your personal sin. You can erect spiritual struggle that will pass on to your children and succeeding generation. Generational causes can be broken through the blood of Jesus. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ redeemed us from the cause of the law by becoming a cause for us. What is written, causes everyone who hung on a tree. Jesus not only redeemed you from the sin when he died at Calvary, but he also redeemed you from every cause. You can pass on spiritual blessings just as causes can be passed to succeeding generations. So can bless and see Deuteronomy 5, 8 to, 8 to 10 and Psalms 107, 17. Okay. And um, it's the same process here we talked about in the, in the main course. Okay. And uh, to uh, sample prayer, break every cause in the name of Jesus Christ. A stronghold is an area in your life where the enemy has established control. It can be a hold he has over your attitudes, behavior, emotions, or your finances. 
claim the power of the blood of Jesus and take authority over Satan in every area of your life. Pray a prayer of deliverance, binding the power of Satan, breaking any cause or generations, generational spirits operating in your life. Here's a sample prayer. It says, In the name of Jesus, I confess the sins and iniquities of my ancestors and declare that these strongholds have no hold over my life. In the name of Jesus, and by the power of his blood, I declare that every generational cause is broken over my life. I am no longer in bondage, and I declare myself and future generations free from bondages passed down by our ancestors. I repeat that prayer. In the name of Jesus, I confess the sins and iniquities of my ancestors and declare that these strongholds have no hold over my life. In the name of Jesus, and by the power of his blood, I declare that every generational cause is broken over my life. In the name of Jesus, I am no longer in bondage and I declare myself and future generations free from bondages passed down by ancestors. Refuse to engage in cause-causing behavior. Okay? What God's word says about generational causes. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of their fathers to the third and the fourth generation. Exodus 34 67. The Lord is slow to anger, abounding in love and forgiving sin or rebellion, yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and the fourth generation. Numbers 14, 18. You shall not take your you shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth, beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me. By showing love to a thousand generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. Deuteronomy 5, 8 to 10. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his commands and remember to obey his precepts. Psalms 107, 17 to 18. The tongue has a power of life and death, and those who love it will eat his fruits. Proverbs 18, 21. In those days, people will no longer say the father have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. Instead, everyone will die for his own sin. Whoever eats sour grapes, his own teeth will be set on edge. Jeremiah 30. You show love to thousands, but bring the punishment for the father's sins into the laps of their children after them. O oh, great and powerful God, whose name is the Lord Almighty. Great are your powers, mighty are your deeds. Your eyes are open to all the ways of men. You reward anyone according to his conduct and as his deeds deserve. Jeremiah 2, 18-19 The soul whose sins shall die. The son shall not bear the fruit of the father, nor the fathers bear the fruit of the son. The righteousness of the fathers shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. In Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 20. Chapter 18, verse 20. So if the Son sets you free, you will be set free indeed. John 8, 31. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, it's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Second Corinthians 5, 17. Christ redeemed us from the cause of the Lord by becoming a cause for us. For it is written, causes everyone who is hung on a tree. Galatians 3, 18. So in concluding, let us pray. Father, we present ourselves to you today. Like Enoch, Noah, Abraham, David, Joseph, Dan, and a host of others, that have gone before us. We pray this prayer today as follows. Lord, I present my spirit. I, O God, you can put your name in there. I, O God, Monday Ogbe, present my spirit, my soul, and my body to totally, to you totally today, Lord God. Use me for your end time purposes. Make me see what you are seeing. Make me hear what you're hearing. Maybe perceive what you are perceiving and move me in a positive, practical direction that escalates your kingdom in my heart, the house of your people, that brings you all the glory, Lord God, in this earthly realm. We thank you once again for the lessons you have brought our way as we meet hurting people everywhere on our journey here on earth. Give us a heart of sympathy, Lord God. Help us to be alive ourselves to the fact that there is nothing you cannot do as we make ourselves channels of your blessing to others 
who are hurting at this time. Give us a tenacious heart that is driven by love for you first and foremost. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the grace to represent you correctly as we raise the dead, spiritually speaking, to a new life in you, in Jesus' name, amen. We dig deeper roots in you today, Lord God, because we know you have given us a grace which comes from the position of humility, faithfulness, and a willingness to dig deeper roots, to abide within, who abide in you 24-7 in Jesus' name. We pray for those who have visible cause issues that have highlighted were, were highlighted above. Lord, visit us all today to know that you are always beside us to help us be all that you have called us to be and to do in Jesus. And we commit from this day forward to work out our salvation with fear and trembling in the name of Jesus. As we believe in you, Lord God, afresh from our hearts, in obedience to your instructions as we die daily to self in Jesus. And we thank you for total healing, spirit, soul, and body in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now experience all around sources this week and beyond as you are led by your closest friend, the Holy Spirit. This is the era of the Holy Spirit. Remember, we are one in Christ Jesus. Only in unity can we have lasting and far-reaching impact. So engage. Ephesians 4, 4 4-6 Amplified Bible Classic Edition reads, There is one body and one spirit, just as there is also one hope that belongs to the calling you receive. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of us all, who is above all, sovereign over all, pervading all, and living in us all. You are God Almighty, there is none like you. You are God Almighty, there is none like you. You are God, oh you are God. You are God Almighty, there is none like you. You are God, oh you are God. Oh Lord, we worship you. Have your way in our lives, oh God. bless you and keep you. And the Lord cause his countenance to shine upon you and give you peace. May mountains begin to collapse before you this week in your heart, in your mind, in your environment, in your circumstances in the name of Jesus. May new doors begin to open in the realm of the spirit and in the physical realm in the name of Jesus Christ. May insight come, explode within you because you're walking with the great I am that I am. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Shalom. Monday, Obojo Obe. E-discipleship at otakada.org. Lord bless you and keep you. In Jesus' name.